some abuse is dangerously obvious, while other types of abuse creep into our family DNA in covert ways. Keeping family secrets, intimidation, the silent treatment, and cyberbullying are just a few examples of the many forms of abuse with troubling outcomes. Often victims ask, why did this happen to me? Or, what can I do? While abusers will excuse their behavior asking, why do you make me do this? Victims and abusers can rewrite their stories, improve their relationships, and break the cycle for their future generations. In Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, you will learn the wide range of types of abuse, both overt and covert, the generational links to abuse, what to do before, during, and after abuse, how to confront your abuser, how to talk to a victim of rape, finding forgiveness despite the pain, how to rewrite your story and avoid future problems, and much, much more. Look for Christine Hammond's latest book, Abuse Exposed, now available on Amazon. This is Understanding Today's Narcissist. Brought to you in part by PsychCentral.com. And now, here's your host, Christine Hammond. All right, well, welcome back. And today, we are going to be talking with Chris and Lisa. And I came across them a while ago on their website, beentheregotout.com. And they have this amazing story, which was part of another podcast episode. You should go back and listen to their story. And today... We're going to be talking about co-parenting with a narcissist. And both Chris and Lisa have very different journeys that they have walked through. And so I'm going to let each of you share like where you're at with your ex right now in the co-parenting standpoint. And then we'll talk about some tips because there's two different ways that this can go. And you guys have both extremes at this point. So Lisa, why don't you share with us like what's going on with co-parenting with your narcissistic ex. I just want to laugh when you say that, but, um, so my kids have basically been pretty much no contact from the minute he walked out of the house. What happened was it took a year for my divorce to happen, but in the very beginning, my wonderful, and I'm saying that seriously, I had a wonderful divorce attorney. He advised me to go to mediation. He said, you're not going to get everything done, but do what you can. And so the thing that I did in mediation was the parenting plan. I didn't realize at the time, but I was really lucky because I hear these horror stories every single day Mm -hmm. about custody battles, you know, and these abusers use the kids as pawns because they know that's, you know, what the other parent cares about the most. But in my, that was certainly my case, (laughs) but in my situation in mediation, out of the legal field before we got there, my ex just said, okay, you know, the kids are going to stay with you. So that's no problem, but we're going to have joint legal custody. Now, later, my lawyer was like, oh, we should never, the mediator should have caught that. This was like a different kind of situation. But so we have joint legal custody and I had sole physical custody, but my ex thought that he would do some kind of nesting thing where he would come stay with us on the weekends. He convinced me when he needed to use the stove because he didn't have one in his apartment that he would just come over and cook <laughs> and that, we, that he and I were going to date. He actually thought we were going to date. That's rich. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work out that way. Anyway, 
he, as soon as the kids knew we were getting divorced and why they didn't want to speak to him. Mm-hmm. So the parenting plan was ready. I had, again, this wonderful divorce attorney said, I want to take a look at that mm-hmm. and I want to do the language for it. And one of the things he put in there was this protective language, which said that visitation, even though there was no specific schedule, mm-hmm. you know, it was like free and open access anytime, which I think a lot of people would think is a nightmare, it is, but, yes. but we had that in there again, this clever divorce attorney said, let's leave that. But what we're going to put is a one tiny parenthetical comment about how visitation will start. It's going to depend on the wishes of the children and their therapists. And oh, that fantastic. saved my life and saved my kid's life because there was a gatekeeper. Yeah. My kids immediately went into therapy. I got excellent therapists, took a few therapists sometimes, but in the beginning, my ex of course was like, I want to, you know, I want to talk to the kids. He had no sense of empathy towards their feelings, their confusion, their shock about what had happened. Mm-hmm. And he, all he was concerned about is I'm getting my kids back. And the therapist said, no. We're going to take some time. The kids are going to take the time they need. And he wasn't in control anymore. And so, mm-hmm. again, my, my kids were really shielded from a lot of his behavior. And I am so grateful to my divorce attorney for knowing that that was going to happen. That was great foresight on his part. So, Chris, you have a very different. Very plan. different. And Lisa and I, a lot of times we used to say, oh, who's got it worse? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's got to be a parent of single parent all the time. So, right. like, I get a break. You know, I'm about 50-50, but of course I've got other issues because I do share parenting responsibilities and there are a handful of things in my divorce agreement. We call it a stipulation here in New York that I don't like. And one of those is the relatively narrow, but important set of areas where she has final decision-making and for her, it's all about power, you know, like education and medical and stuff like that. It hasn't come up often, but when it has, it's been a challenge. And for her, it's all about power and control. And she Mm -hmm. does exactly what we talked about getting to me through the kids, you know, having them, you know, not be allowed to play certain sports. They're going to play the sports she wants them to play. And I'm a dad, you know, they're, they're boys and I'm a dad, you know, that kind of thing. She like gets me that way. But, you know, at this point, I practice acceptance, you know, and I worry about the things I can control or influence, but not the things I can't. So um, part of it is, is mental. One thing that has worked really well recently, my kids are older now, they're 17 and 14. They were 10 and seven when we split. So it's been a while. Um, There are a handful of things that my ex does. She has, um, she's very explosive. Mm -hmm. Um, She's mean. Um, She rips other people, um, makes fun of people. There's, and, and she's always been that way. Mm -hmm. And I was able to see some examples of that kind of behavior that I knew my kids saw. Now I had, a, I sat them down and I talked with them and I said, you know, when moms, when, when you're with mom, she makes the rules. I don't want to interfere with that. When you're with me, I don't want her interfering here, but I will just let you know that I've observed this behavior and it's not okay. We don't act that way. We're not mean. We don't make fun of people. You know, it's, it's been, it was like three or four different topics um, and the details aren't important, but just that strategy of, and and I could see my kids have like a look of relief on their face, right? you know, like it it was almost like validating what they already felt. Like here's my other parent is behaving this way. And they didn't say this, I'm reading into it, but it's like, they knew it wasn't okay to hear it from me uh, to confirm their feelings. It, It looked like it was a big relief to them. 
So That's I love that strategy and anybody in that situation, you need, the kids need to be a little bit older, I think, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah. I, I love that and I'm going to continue to use it. Yeah. Ideally, you know, we always want as um, for healthy co-parenting for the rules to be consistent, right. From both households from one to another, but when you're dealing with a narcissist, that's virtually impossible. Right. And, and so I like how you handled that situation and just said, these are the rules here. And while you're here, this is what we're going to be as opposed to like pointing the finger and trying to say, you know, this person's terrible. Don't listen to this other parent, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, never. So and it's, it's just talking about behavior, not about the other person. Right. Yes. Always focusing on the behavior, not the other person. So Lisa, your challenges are quite different because you are a single parent. You have an absentee ex. Um, I know that there are people listening right now that would give their right arm for that situation. So like educate them as to like some of the challenges that you've had because of this. Okay. So in the beginning, it was really hard because the kids, you know, they all, he, my ex was unmasked right before their eyes Mm. in one night, you know, well, I thought it was, I, I learned later that there were things that they knew well before we split that I, I hadn't realized they knew, but I felt like it was a huge shock to them. And they, in that first week after he left, or I finally got him out, they, they emailed him and called them. He was still so in the throes of his online fantasy affair that mm-hmm. he didn't respond to them. And after those few days, they were, they had been so hurt that they wanted nothing to do with him. And so since then, he has been trying to get back in their lives and uh, blame me, you know, accuse me of parental alienation. Again, my kids were older when we split. They were already teenagers. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing I could have said. I didn't have to say anything. They they made judgments based on how he treated them. But he's unable to see that his, that his broken relationship is the, are the, is the consequences of his failure to parent. You know, there were several, he he had so many opportunities to be part of their lives and he chose not to, but as the, so in some ways, yeah, I know I'm the luckier one because I don't have the toxic influence over my kids, but it was really hard to get my kids to get to the point of going no contact because I couldn't say, you know, stop talking to him. Look how awful he is. Instead, it got to be like those first two years, there was a lot of um, breadcrumbing, you know what that is, where he'd give like little little bits of affection. And it was always like he'd say stuff, but the actions were the opposite. So they had a hard time, just like we do in these relationships. Like, well, he says he loves me, but he's but I feel bad all the time. You know, right. like, why is that? They went through, because children are not just witnesses to domestic abuse, they're victims. So they were victimized as well emotionally by what he did. And at some point, especially with my son, um, you know, they, they only saw their dad like in these past seven ish years, they've only seen their dad like less than five times. And, um, and a lot of that was him never, never showing up either. But um, they, when my son would come back from the last couple of times of um, seeing, seeing his dad, he would be like, furious at me and acting out miserable. And I finally said, Izzy, do you ever notice like how you are after you see your dad? Like he makes you, you you seem, I didn't say he makes you. I said, you seem like you're miserable and angry. Sorry, there's a landscaper right outside. (laughs) Um, Like what, why do you, 
what are you getting out of this relationship? Like, yeah. what, what, how is he supporting you? And that question really made my son think about it. I didn't have to say, stop seeing him. But, you know, again, he was an older teenager at that point. And he finally yeah. was like, you know what? I think I'm done. And, and he made that choice. And my son actually yesterday just did a podcast with somebody talking about what it was like to be the son of a narcissistic father. Now, now he's 21 years old. So he's, we don't have to worry about anything with custody and legal, right. but um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating, you know, but I would say, even though we as parents are so terrified that our kids are going to be destroyed for life, it's not true and they are affected, but they get certain strengths along the way from, right. from having to and deal with this at an early age. I want to go back to what you were saying before about how kids aren't just witnesses of abuse, but they're victims as well. And I think one thing that happens is a lot of time people stay in a toxic relationship, you know, for the kids, you know, I'm going to wait till the kids go to college and then I'll leave. But what you're doing is you're modeling for them that that kind of treatment, that that abuse is okay. It's normal. And right. that's really doing your kids a, a big disservice. And I think one of the most wonderful things about Lisa and I getting together now for over six years is my kids now, are seeing and her kids also are seeing what a real healthy loving relationship is is like a new normal for them right retraining their brains and my son has had a girlfriend for the past year and a half and they remind me of us because they're really good friends and they laugh a lot Great. and they argue sometimes they'll debate i mean they actually argue more than we do but they'll <laughs> debate about stuff they're both really into debate but i see like a real friendship and i'm so glad that, that he's learned that, and I know he's learned that from us. That sounds great. So what advice would you give to a person who's in the middle of trying to co-parent with a narcissist, and they're just literally wanting to pull their hair out? And I want you to do it from your own, like, situations, too. Like, sure. what advice, Chris, would you give, and then Lisa, you? So um, the thing I said before, you try that trick, right, about just saying, you know, you can only control what's going on in your house. Right. right? Make sure that your rules, your relationship, your on your parenting time is as healthy as possible, you know. Also learn how to communicate effectively with your ex. And that's really, really hard, right? And you're not going to get okay. your way. But there are things you can do, like you can maybe learn that if you stroke their ego or if you... You know, it's, it's some of that's hard. I don't want to stroke my ex's ego. I right. want I want to tell her to go jump in a lake. But right. Uh, right. but think about ways you can communicate to at least mitigate the damage and get things as close to uh, healthy as you can. Absolutely, I I would agree that that's really important. And Lisa, what would you say from like your standpoint? What advice would you give somebody who's going through a similar situation to you? You know, that is actually the number one question that we got from our community when I posted that there would be a college student talking about his experience with a narcissistic parent. Mm -hmm. Women in particular said, what can we do as parents to help our children going through that? And I'm actually going to pull from what my son himself suggested. Right. He said that what helped him the most 
was that I really pushed him to get out there and do different activities. And it helped him to sort of develop himself as a human being and not be defined by just this terrible experience in his family. And he also learned by getting out there, he met a lot of people that became his mentors, not just male figures, but certainly male father figures that he has been able to lean on through the years who have taught him all different aspects of life. And my son is very successful, you know, academically. He's got these great internships. He's still in college, but he's like, you know, champion debater and he's won all kinds of things, was his high school graduation speaker. And all of these achievements have taught him like that he can feel good about himself. And that part of his life doesn't matter that much. Good. That sounds so perfect. I love the advice that both of you have given on this. So I want you to share with everybody a little bit about your website and what you have available for other parents who might be struggling right now. Yeah, absolutely. So as you know, when you're in a a narcissistic relationship and the light bulb's just going on, you're figuring out what the problem is. From there to that happy life, once you're out, and if you're lucky enough to find true healthy love, as Lisa and I have found, there are a lot of steps. And so we try to help anybody that wherever they are in their process, and we have a bunch of workshops at beentheregutout.com. There's an enroll now. You can go see the different workshops that are available. They're recorded and they're very inexpensive. We are recently focused on the legal area. So we right. started a legal abuse support group. You can see it right on our homepage. There's a little red button. You can learn all about it there. And we're also getting into the area of high conflict divorce coaching. So that's where we feel like we can have the biggest impact. That's where custody decisions are made. That's where a lot of financial decisions are made as well. Well, one thing that we forgot to say is that separate from all of this, Chris recently put together this thing we call our wall of hope. And we've had people from all over the world, all different types of people do a 30 second to one minute video. And it's a response to the question, how has your life visibly improved since getting out of a toxic relationship? So for everyone who's still in it or struggling, it just shows you a couple of couples have done it, but mostly just individuals, men and women, mostly women, but men too, about how much better it is on the other side, just to give that hope to people who feel like we once did, like, this is it. Like, this is all I'm ever going to get. It's not true. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Chris and Lisa, for joining us. And um, please check out their website at beentheregotout.com. Thanks so much for having us, Christy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Understanding Today's Narcissist with Christine Hammond. Brought to you in part by psychcentral.com. For more information, visit growwithchristine.com. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.